Hey everyone, and welcome to the weekly catch up podcast. It is the 39th installment of the show, people. Whoop whoop. It is Wednesday, July the 1st, 2020. And as always, oh, I'm messing this up. People, you know me, I'm Carson Gibbons. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B Rad Colvin. That would be me. What's happening? A new month, rabbit, rabbit. That's right, baby. What's going on? July, best month of the year. Cancer season. <laughs> What's up? Is that your sign? Uh, apparently. All right. Well, I got it's birthday season. Yeah. It's a month of B rad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Birthday uh, in five days. Oh, man. 29. The last year of my 20s. Yo, we got so much to get into. <laughs> yeah. Let's get it. It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci, how they deep in their bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. Last year of his 20s mm. yo you're about to enter uh, you probably are you're probably ahead of me on the maturity spectrum or, or cycle I, I would say but i feel like around 30 i remember when i turned 25 and my 30 year old friends were like if you feel the change now just wait like because i was commenting 20 to 25 is a huge jump and they were like dude 25 to 30 is a different type of jump but it's crazy yeah my birthday has always remind me that time is fleeting <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, but this year, I mean, this this birthday should be a good one. The past two, you know, uh, I spent in Maryland with uh, just a few friends, but I'm looking forward to this one. You know, Courtney has been planning whatever she's been planning for my birthday, and I'll be able to hang out with you and her and several of my good friends here in the DFW. Several. I've had people like ask me questions about your birthday and I'm like, oh, you're going like, wow, this is going to be a crazy shindig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so, really looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm, I am as well. Um, so it, it should be, it should be a great way to bring in year 29 and go a good way to cap off uh, the final year of my twenties. I think the I'm 30 and 2020. So it's just so easy to know. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, okay, I'll be 40 in 2030 True. and 50 and 2050. Yeah, wait. I no, forgot what progression I was on. Yeah. Anyway, it's just scary. You're like, yeah. I'm gonna die by 2070 for sure. <laughs> I mean, it, it could happen. You know, technology is always advancing. Um, That'd be great if we, we could we get could to be immortality. Yeah, we could be around for a while. Up, you know, those episodes of Black Mirror where they just upload your consciousness into a robot or something. I know, bro. I'm gonna be a Furby. <laughs> be a furby furbies no i'm gonna be a furby in my next <laughs> consciousness life but this consciousness they're gonna upload me and i'm gonna be a build-a-bear baby <laughs> <laughs> hi i'm your thinking knowing feeling bear yeah. <laughs> yeah they they squeeze your hand and you're like you're gonna die soon <laughs> like <laughs> nothing lasts forever <laughs> I used to have a body. Yeah. <laughs> I used to feel things. Oh man, did you? <laughs> nah. Yeah. Be like, I'm kidding. Feel way more as a bear than I ever did as a human. Oh my. 
Um, how's your week been, man? Since the last ep- episode, kind of a blackout, like just yeah. <laughs> into the quarter. Just it's been a mad, a madhouse. Yeah, it's just been get that revenue across the finish line, and um, yeah, just you know, new product unveils, and then you're using that product to sell the platform. And true, um, a lot of great iterative marketing and sales strategies occurring in kind of the startup sphere right now, and um, it's it's been really great but uh it's been a lot too which we're also kind of trying to gear up because we never really take a whole lot of time off at all um so i think that we're kind of shutting down the virtual office in official capacity we Mm -hmm. we all keep eyes on stuff but we're going to shut down for the three-day weekend which which is kind of a a relief because i've really only taken memorial day all year yeah and um wow so again as I always say, if I'm not driving for Grubhub or Uber Eats, like it's a good day. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, very true. The fact that we're able, I mean, we're growing, which is, you know, more than a lot of people can say. So I kind of, in putting this out there on the podcast, I never want to like, yeah, we're crushing it. Yeah. Like, you know, cause I, I just, but he's crushing it. Guys. <laughs> no, I just feel like I'm in a blessed spot in that we're growing during yeah. a pandemic and kind of a, the continued surgence, resurgence, whatever we're experiencing That's here in up, Texas, man. like all my clients are like, Oh, you're in Texas. Yeah. Whoa. You're in the epicenter, buddy. <laughs> I'm like, I guess yeah, that, yeah, pretty much, you know, um, we, you, I, I'm worried about, you know, our, our schools because you're thinking you're not going to reopen now. Well, I, I think it could be headed that way for more people than we yeah, think. Yeah, it, it'll have to be some variation of maybe like a hybrid of what we were doing at the end of the school year, um, really spacing everyone out, like maybe only freshmen and sophomores come in like Monday, Wednesday, you know, uh, junior, seniors, Tuesday, Thursday type of deal and uh, just really trying to space everyone out. But um, it'll be interesting to see how all of this plays out and hopefully we have a lot of, you know, parents that still want to send their kid to a private school even though it's zoom classes and um i'm not saying that's what's gonna happen but just preparing for the worst hoping for the best you know kind of thing okay but uh but yeah hopefully we have students you know yeah yeah you're still so worried about that distinction like what's the value of private school if it's offered by a zoom versus the overall culture well, that's fostered. Well, I mean, on we've campus. we've had parents straight up say, like, "Hey, if if you guys do the social or if you do the distance ed type of thing, like, we are going to send our kids to public." So I already know, like, families are thinking about this and they're kind of watching to see what we do. Um, <laughs> I guess nobody can be like, "Hey, kid, want to smoke a joint over yeah, Zoom?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that's fair. Um, I mean, that's like the real thing. Yeah. And we still have like a teacher's convention that's coming up that hasn't been canceled yet. Um, Where at? In San Antonio. When? August. Uh, so Goodness, that's the next n- month. Yeah. New employees go on the first. I'm not required to be there until the third. So one month from today. Um, yeah. That's crazy. That's when the new employees start. Um, but yeah, we're supposed to have like breakout sessions and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, it's going to be a breakout of COVID or something, you know? And, uh, for me personally, just hearing a couple, like two or three months ago, that one meeting where they're like, yeah, and we may cut employees, you know, salary by 20, 30, 40, 50% if it reaches this phase. And it's like, oh, but now you have money to send us to this convention <laughs> where we're potentially putting ourselves at risk. But 
but whatever. It, you know, the pastors aren't going, so they don't care. Bro, I'm sorry that you're having issues with the Texas conference budget situation and the way that they nah, prioritize I mean, dollars or allocate them. Yeah, and I'm I don't even think that's like a the treasurer thing. I think it's I think it's more of like the president of the of the conference making those decisions, but who knows? Um I currently have a job and I am signed my contract to be there this upcoming year, so I'm I'm going to act accordingly. Okay. We'll keep us updated. Yeah. Like, I don't think our school's in a dire situation at the moment. And, and uh, CTA, the school where I teach, um, we, you know, we're in the black. We have we have plenty of, of savings. And so I, I don't think there would definitely be other schools to close down before we did. But I'm just thinking of, like, the future and hopefully, you know, this, this uh, hopefully it's just not like an ongoing thing, you know. I think that you're probably the cream of the crop in terms of uh, Adventist um, academies uh, because you're in a Mecca yeah. and you're, you're kind of, I guess you would call it a commuter school and that you don't live on campus, but everybody's pretty local around there. Yeah. But at the same time, like your category, you know, private Christian academy high schools, I think that your category as a whole is in dire straits in that like ozark can't be doing well i know blue mountain academy my mm-hmm. um my uncle actually taught there for decades and this is his last year and i know that they're i, I can't remember if they're downsizing or shutting down the school or mm-hmm. what's happening but yeah. you know when i went there for my cousin's graduation it just feels like when you're graduating 40 people you know you can't support all these full-time adults that have to attend to that so the jeffersons of the world i mean is jefferson still a thing um i feel like they were barely a thing when when my dad yeah my dad went there uh back in the heyday but uh i haven't i don't know man um he'll probably let us know after he listens but yeah yeah the uh several went to jefferson Mm -hmm. where'd he grow up uh around yeah i mean he went to burton um like i did but Burton was a junior academy back then, so once he um, finished his 10th grade year, he went over to Jefferson. Um, but yeah, no, I was going to say a lot of Adventist schools have like already had to let go some of their staff because they just couldn't afford it, uh, like the conferences couldn't, and or the Texas conference specifically couldn't. And it's just like, again, you're planning this huge thing where some of this money could have gone to you know keep people's jobs. Um, so... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, just wait and see. Yeah. I'm not like, I know that I could get a job elsewhere. I'm not really worried about that, but I do love my job and I love where I'm working. So, um, again, I don't want to make it, I don't want anybody to think like, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to have a job this year. We're going to be fine. But just thinking about the future, like who knows how long this thing is going to be going on and all that. So, do you see that there is now a new uh, plague coming with like, it's like swine flu mixed with some sort of SARS Dang. component? Bring um, it. Yeah, bring it. <laughs> Finish the job, Lord. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. what, which plague is this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw somebody retweet that and they were like, can we keep focused on this one, please? Yeah. There's just so much going on in the world. And yeah, man. We're definitely back on COVID, but I mean, there's 
Yeah, the, <laughs> is it the frogs or the water turning to blood next, you know? Well, murder hornets didn't end up being a big deal. Yeah, I kind of thought I thought we'd be talking more about murder hornets, <laughs> to be honest. That, was, that kind of flopped. Yeah, so that's out. Um, Boring. Yeah. Well, we have global warming in Dallas for sure. It's like yeah, 113 degrees Leonardo today. DiCaprio's been talking about global warming since like 2005, so... Oh my goodness. It's almost like he learned it from Al Gore who started back in the nineties or something. <laughs> yeah. It like it's my it. favorite Leo roast, somebody was roasting him at one of the awards or mm-hmm. something. And they were like, um, they were talking about what was his latest flick that was really long. Oh, the revenant once upon a time in Hollywood. was he. In oh, that? that, that, Oh yeah. Yeah. He was in that. That's so, newer. They were like, Boy, that was a long movie. They're like, Leo went to the premiere, and by the time the movie was over, his date was too old for him. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> she was three hours older. <laughs> uh, I thought that was that's good. That's a shame. Hey, let's circle back on Crystalia because some things have happened on that. I have not read anything, so hit me. Okay, well, there's been a lot more like reaction videos, and now time for youtubers to put together like their takes on different things. And mm-hmm. I've heard some shade thrown at um Brian Callen and Brennan Schaub for being, first of all, there's some intricacies that have come out about like a process that he might've had where first of all, he doesn't sound like he might be a pedophile, but it's almost creepier in that he is like Andrew Schultz was making a joke. Like you go to blow out the candles on your 18th birthday. And like, before you can take a breath, he's already there. Like he, it seemed like he might've been intro to people that were 16 and 17 disengaged with them once he found out their age, but then they circled back at a later legal age and maybe something occurred or an exchange or something. But Mm -hmm. it sounds as though he definitely is known for being a womanizer, which I didn't really know was confirmed prior to all this. Second of all, that he likes them very young, like in the very, to me, to me, y'all, that's still kind of a gray area. If you're, if you're a 40 year old man oh, yeah. and she's 18, that is, that is suspect. Yeah. You're still, a, well, huh? you're, you're, listen, if it matters predator, to you that she's 18, like if, if you like that more yeah. then yeah, that's, that's a problem. You know, I just, technically she's still a teenager right <laughs> like when you think about yeah. it that way everything changes at 20 that's mad creepy that's <laughs> like, mad creepy a 20 year old i think is much different than an 18 year old in many ways like your decade is rolled over like the odometer's rolled over yeah. I, it's it's not that different but it's much more in the clear than 18 anyway he had some sort of system and i've heard about this situation where do you see the reaction video where he finds out that you can either screen record or screen grab or save Snapchats. Nah. So he's on fighter and the kid with Theo one day and they do this, like they roll it back and they show you how they, they expose on like he was finding out how somebody else got got. Okay. And I think that the producer chin or somebody was like, yeah, you can take screen grabs of Snapchat. Mm -hmm. And he goes, wait, what? Like, he's like, how did they prove this? But he's using Snapchat. It disappears. (laughs) And then when he finds out that you can screen grab, he kind of panics and they don't edit it. It's just like his face is kind of like he's literally going over a a library of offenses in his head. You can tell. Wow. Um, Anyway, so he had some sort of system apparently was quite the womanizer of like 
he was the girl, the girlizer, so to speak. Right. Um, I don't know if there was any um, proof that he had done anything real serious with uh, an underage person. Um, and I also heard that he is going to fight this. Is so he? he's been, he was mum after the statement to TMZ, mm-hmm. but he did do, I don't know if he released this on his website or where through, but there's like a data dump. Like apparently he's going through and he's getting supporting evidence and rebuttals to like every single publicly aired grievance. Okay. And he's doing like a data dump. And I, it sounded like, will you look this up? Like, I don't know if they already, they made it sound like he'd already published this through one channel, but that he also had like a concerted kind of media response that was going to be formed to this. Um, where would I look this? I don't know. Up? Just Twitter, Crystalia, see what the latest is. I did. And it's uh, five women share their stories. Um, okay. Yeah. It's kind of, it's all the headlines are the same stuff that we reported on last. I'm going to plug it in last my, week. Um, my browser. He was fired by the CAA. Um, he denied it to TMZ, Penn Badgley. Yeah. We already. We already kind of talked about all that that's that's showing up. Um, interesting. I'd be interested to see. Oh, page six. Here it is. Okay. Crystalia's team releases comedians' email exchanges with accusers, June 24, 2020 at 9.39 p.m. So this was like a solid week ago. With Crystalia's career crashing down around him, the comedians' camp is surprisingly taking aim at the women who have accused him of sexual improprieties. Last Tuesday... A slew of women began making claims online that Dalia had asked them for nude pictures, in some cases when they were underage, and one claimed that he had exposed his erect penis to her in a hotel room. He's since been fired by CAA, and his manager and a number of shows have been pulled from streaming sites. I'm not aware of where he's no longer present on streaming sites. Now reps for Dalia, who played Whitney Cummings' boyfriend on NBC's Whitney for several seasons, have released emails to Page Six that they claim paint a fuller picture of the incidents. They provide an email between... Dalia and Clara Schaller, a woman who last week posted emails from 2012 on Twitter in which Dalia said he wanted to have naked sex with her. Naked sex is extreme, mm, bro. As opposed to clothes. Clothed sex is much safer. When she made them public, she claimed that she was 17 at the time of the exchange. Dalia's camper released an email to us showing that Dalia had allegedly asked her approximately midway through their exchange, how old are you? She replied, 12, apparently kidding. He responded, answer... To which she said, 24, question mark. Okay, they're just going to keep going. Another point that, actually, the second email, so he's going through like one by one. Um, so he exchanged one where she said, Chris, I'm 16. Delia's camp gave us another email in that chain in which he re- allegedly replied, oh, expletive, I thought you were at my stand-up show. Got to be at least 18 to get into that. My bad, bye. Mm-hmm. which is kind of like if you're there it's kind of like can you get in trouble for going to a bar and picking up a girl that's drinking and taking her home and then later you find out that she was 17 in the club on a fake i think people have gotten in trouble for that yes well because the law operates under the assumption like you don't need to know the law to violate the law yeah but yeah. that these days i mean morally ask though, that's for different. a driver's license ask for a birth certificate like yeah, but what if she gives you a, the wrong driver's license? I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. 
this makes the case to keep it in your pants and just kind of mind your own P's and Q's. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so it sounds like he's mounting comebacks or rebuttals. Uh, That's a hard one to understand. How long do you wait to do that? Like, I, I even referenced this when we first started talking about this, like the way in which you do that can be damaging. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it sounded like he had some sort of system set up where there was like a another guy that it sounded like he might have had a group set up with this, like, oh, Ugh. meet my friend and then meet me. And I don't know what was going on, but it sounded like there was a Snapchat account that was used maybe for these purposes that was linked to. one of his homeboys or one of his assistants or somebody. Yeah. He's still a creep. (laughs) I think that we're in that territory. Yeah. Yeah. Any fault. Did Kimmel get canned yet? Or I didn't see any updates on that. No, it just died out. That's what, that's exactly what I said. It's incredible how ABC can just be like, you know what? This isn't trending anymore. It's like the powers that be can just shift the scale. That's what I'm saying. Like the pendulum new Newsweek, baby. And then people get mad at people were mad at Ben Shapiro for, just pointing out, he made a comment like what we would make about Trump being more ignorant than savvy about the damage that he yeah. does sometimes, and he got roasted. So oh, it's really? just like whatever. Dang! If we, whenever we have a bigger audience, we're gonna get roasted sometimes. I can feel it. Um, Trump said something. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, just one uh, thing. I think it was today or yesterday. I wrote it down in my notes. Uh, Trump said he liked the way he looked wearing uh, masks, and he said he looked like the, he said he looked like the Lone Ranger. <laughs> Do you know what the Lone Ranger looks like? Yeah, that boy has a mask over his eyes, <laughs> <laughs> not his mouth, bro. What a dummy, dude! And I'm proud to be an American. Oh my goodness! Happy Canada Day, folks. Man, how much? How many more years of our lives do we get to celebrate Fourth of July before it's racist on the real? On the real, um, I don't know. I mean, didn't we write the Declaration of Independence on July fourth, seventeen seventy six, by a slave owner? How quick until we aren't grilling out? I mean, we're not grilling out as it is. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like everybody's tamping back down. Like, I told my parents we were having dinner last night, um, where they told actually no, they didn't tell me till today that I was exposed to COVID last night through them <laughs> because they knew somebody who knew somebody who knew something about it, yeah. something. Um, they, what was my, po- oh, they were going up to see Meredith and Brian in Virginia. Uh-huh. And I was like, you kind of booked in like that one, two optimistic week window and the world has shifted again. Yep. So it's almost like a concern that are you going to have to quarantine there or quarantine here? Like, right. You know, and they got news that, uh, American airlines were going back to like full flight status where everybody, every seat can be taken. And I was like, were they not already at the- like, who cares? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, I mean, bars are closed again. I believe uh, restaurants are going to start closing. Courtney and I went to this. Uh, have you ever been to Spiral Diner? Yes, it's like a vegan restaurant, but the food like is amazing. I've definitely been in there. I, it's been a while, but I'm very um, aware Sundance. But yeah, I saw on Instagram that they were like, uh, "This is a maybe four or five days after we had gone." They're like, "Yeah, sorry, we're shutting down. One of our employees has COVID." Um, but he, uh, they posted that he hadn't worked there within the past 12 or 17 days or something like that. So, um, so we were, we, we made that little sweet window where the worker, he wasn't working there and we got to eat there before it closed. So that was nice. And you're COVID free. <laughs> yeah. So everything, yeah, but everything's closing back down. So yeah, 
I'm like, are, is, I'm like, are we having my birthday party next weekend? Because I don't even know where it is. We so absolutely are. Okay. We a hundred. You know where you know where it is. Uh, I do. I have the address. It's really okay. funny. So it's, like, it's not like a place that's going to be closed down. Am I allowed to say anything? Well, just say if it can be closed down. Like, don't tell me where it is. Yo, they can't close this place down. All right, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> you already know. Yeah, no, it's funny. Like, I. The place that it is online is not the place that it is. <laughs> like, okay. We all got this address. And like, if you look up this address online, it's like the illest trap house of all time. Like it is the scariest looking block. And this place, like people have got murked in this house. That's where people, we're having my birthday. Dude, it is like, I've gotten text messages about this. Like oh, no. John Seals texted me this week and he's like, yo, are we going to a trap house for B-Rad's <laughs> birthday? And I was like, yeah, no, don't Google Earth it, man. Like, <laughs> because I was like, what is oh. this? Is this a prank? This isn't a Halloween birthday. Like, oh, I don't know what it is. Scary AF, bro. I mean. But uh, it's not there. But yeah, I can't wait. Oh, it's not. Plus, it's not there? It's not at the trap house. Oh, it's just like right beside it? No, it's like. It's like an anomaly on Google Earth or oh, Google Streets, okay. like where either there's duplicate addresses or something is going on, but it, it is not. It's weird. Like the first, if you plug the address into Google, mm-hmm. Google recognizes the main spot as like this trap house on the street by itself. Hey. Like it's like this weird. Hey, Courtney thing. knows me, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I want it to be that trap house. She knows you just want it flipping in the kitchen. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to, it's. It's not actually not my birthday. It's uh, going to be a listening party for my new mixtape. Oh, <laughs> are you going to grace us with your new clothing brand? Yay. <laughs> I might <laughs> say yay. Um, it's whatever you want it to be, baby. It's your B day. All right. Well, yeah, as long as it's not a place where it's going to get canceled, I guess. Uh, I guess we're good. No, I'm not having a party at the place where they make yeah, the drugs foolishly like two months ago courtney was like hey when do you want to have your birthday do you want it the july 4th weekend or the weekend after i'm like well everybody's gonna you know be having like their own july 4th parties and stuff like i was thinking you know we were in the clear from covid but now everything's shutting down again so i'm like you know we probably could have had it this weekend yeah well i i feel like this crew is gonna come through and party hard mask off you know that type of thing true which would be great I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, man. I've been getting hit up by people that just were like, hey, you got like, <laughs> sounds like the whole town is headed out. So. All right. Well, you're very loved, B Rad. That's, that's appreciated. Yeah. I felt a lot of love this week, man. I know. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I loved all the white people reactions to like yeah, the fact that you rap. You know, that didn't I was, know it before. Like, first of all, I was very touched. Like, it, it, y- everybody just made my week. Like, so many people reached out. Like, what you rap like you wrote that yourself and like no i i'm equal i'm almost equally i'm almost equally like y'all didn't know i had it like that you know oh i i i wake up resentful and angry that people don't know who i am i've been writing (laughs) man i tell y'all i love music i tell you i've been writing like i don't know um they sit in here acting like your boy doesn't have talent i'm saying come on y'all have been following me on instagram forever like I don't know. It's not my first rap video I ever posted, but to those who have just heard me for the first time, I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. Um, I kind of want to talk about like the little process because a lot of you didn't know that I had it like that. I wrote this thing in like a day, a day and a half. Um, David, uh, David, the psalmist who was on uh, the record with me, you know, I had messaged him 
about a, a week, uh, no, a day after the Colton Venner episode with him because I was like, uh, who, who do I want to be an artist? And I was like, it would be cool to get David on. And you know what? I think I'm going to flex a little. Mm. And so uh, I texted David. He's like, I got you. Um, he sends in like a sample. And so I kind of go off of uh, the vibe that he's given and I just start writing. And um, he sends in his vocals about 4.15 on the day of our podcast. And uh, I had been practicing my verse a little bit before he threw it in. That that um, that what's a Joe Rogan to a Carson Gibbons? I threw in that line like last minute, man. <laughs> I was I was pretty proud of it. <laughs> I like how on, uh, I uh, Carson posted the the song on Instagram, and so I commented, "What's a Joe Rogan to a Carson Gibbons?" And you cracked me up whenever you're like a millionaire or a billion or whatever. Um, I'm like, I'll, I'll tell you what he is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what he is to my um, not being. Yeah, but um, so I that I I recorded once, and then I drove to your place. I mixed the vocals because um, my vocals were a little too loud on the track, so I I lowered them like right outside your apartment. Um, I used I used my phone for a hotspot on my on my laptop and um, uploaded it. So that was like a goodness gracious. I just want to say. You like did that on the way to the show. Like, yeah, that's insane. When you first told me that, I was like, I didn't really. I asked you to repeat. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole process. <laughs> that I would mean, have taken me like days to like lay out. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I, you know, I'm. So you get a lot of y'all, y'all know, online. Y'all know, oh yeah, dude. Yeah. So many. Um, even like Courtney's parents and brothers, one of her brothers texted me and was like, yo, that IG post though. Cause I posted it on Instagram. He's like, that's crazy. He's like that Joe Rogan line. Like a lot of people like that one. That's why I keep going back. Wow. To it, but, I didn't know um, that people like that one. Yeah. Um, your mom messaged me, your sister messaged me. I got a bunch of my students. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, Courtney's, Courtney's mom was like, you wrote that? I was like, of course I did. Come on. Yeah, where do you think it came out yeah, of? Courtney showed one of her friends, but didn't tell her that, like the context. She didn't say that it was me, so she didn't even realize it was me and, until she heard the line where I was like chilling with Courtney, and she's like, "What?" and flipped out, and it was cool. Yeah, I'd... I felt I felt a lot of love, so I appreciate everybody who messaged me on that. Um, yeah. Well, you deserve some recognition for the summer session that, that you was put on so last much month. Fun, man. A lot of work. I'm gonna have to do something like uh, I'm gonna have to do something again sometime soon. Well, you you take the week off, and I'll be the <laughs> one that hip hops. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was yeah. making fun of my dad because my dad was not aware that you were a rapper in your own right prior oh, to this. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So he was like. I couldn't believe, and he was like reflecting on the verse, and he's like, and then he started like this, and then, but he oh, went I, into I, the. I, I switched up my flow, so yeah. I kind of started that was like purposeful mocking. I was like, yeah, he just like he put his <laughs> whole hand in, and he did the hokey pokey, and like <laughs> it was just funny because yeah. I, I said I I guess if you did, I'd heard your raps before, mm-hmm. you know, like I've heard at least one or two songs yeah. that I was aware that you could you could keep up, so to right. speak. You weren't a pace of play. Oh, and I and, and I knew, and I didn't want to do it on my own because I knew David. He would make it just come across like a lot more professional. Like, and I knew, you know, I have students that listen to the podcast, and so they like we're close enough to to where they would rip me if uh, if it was lame. 
So like I knew I had to bring the heat, but yeah, me and David and uh, the first guest that I had for the weekly sessions, Gary, you know, um, we, we, that was, that's like a regular Friday night, man. We would, we would wrap in our dorm rooms all the time. And um, I even got, you know, uh, my old roommate, Cameron, who's probably going to listen to this episode um, that added you on LinkedIn that you were talking about. No, I know. Um, like he, he uh, has a great singing voice. And so he's jumped on tracks with us and, um yeah man so it, it was just kind of like a just one of it was just kind of like a stroll down memory lane or kind of like a flashback and being able to do that again with with one of my buddies so anyway right i thought it was a cool cap off and yeah i enjoyed that yeah. i enjoyed the fact that we you surprised me with all of those like i didn't yeah, know any yeah. of those episodes uh, no one no especially that, that one that was, was uh, like, that was exciting yeah man your your face uh yeah that was cool. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Anyway. I really relished it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. I relish every catch up with you. Uh, we got some some listener feedback. Um, that's right. Shout out Michael Denny. He was giving us some some condiment talk and yeah. said that we should have a, a, a segment of the show where we talk about what we relished most from the weekly catch up. Yeah. So, <laughs> so mine between the last podcast and this one was just receiving all that love. Um much much appreciated yeah no one no one reached out saying that i did much of anything but <laughs> uh <laughs> you know i did uh i got to golf by myself friday night Dude, and saturday night and worked every other hour and watched the travelers championship up in connecticut yeah. shout out to dustin johnson all right victory number 21 he's among the elite on the pga tour history boards in yeah. you know future hall of famer that was a fun tournament for sure. Oh, dude. Uh, and then Heston hit us up too. I, I really appreciated his words that he had tweeted out to us. Um, which ones? There's been a, a bunch recently. Just, just we the had way, a bird just, exchange. Just kind of like the way that um, we bounce off of each other. And even though you and I oh. don't agree all the time, like, no, he had a great point. Yeah. Um, cause we, we had a moment, we've had a couple moments in the last couple of podcasts, which have been very, uh, you know, hard heavy. to navigate heavy yeah and um we've had several moments where things could have gone sideways with the conversation and or like i knew that brushing over certain things like there were mm -hmm. some inflection points where we could have gone to another topic and then it was like no actually let's identify yeah, yeah, yeah. what our actual disagreement is about if there is one because you know i felt the tension between the two mm -hmm. of us on certain points and it was like hold on there's we have more in common here than we think and i love that, with everything man. i love that and um he was just kind of making that point on twitter that you know the the people that can do that or that can stick with that it, you you end up getting a deeper product in the end like it's it's a it's a more mature mindset you know to be able to navigate that and that like i felt really good about that mm -hmm. because I felt good about going back and begging that question. And I had just tweeted him back saying like, I maintain that regardless of race, religion, color, creed, if we sit down and just talk about things interpersonally, yes. just one-on-one, -on -one, we probably actually see mainly eye to eye on nine out of 10 items. And our focal points are mm -hmm. different. What mm -hmm. we're loudest about might be different. Very so, true. Yeah, man. And so yeah, just continue tooting our own horns. But like <laughs> we're, I, that meant a lot from Heston. Just uh, the 
Because I think you and I are very intentional about that and trying to hear each other out and all that. And so it's just nice to be recognized for some of those things. It was nice to be recognized for the music. Um, Well, it's always meaningful when Heston shouts you out for your words because he's always been a man of fewer words than me in the same context. And therefore, I've always felt like my words likely carried less weight, less credibility, less authenticity versus something that would appear to be more thoughtful coming from him. Mm -hmm. He's just a more uh, thoughtful type of person when he's constructing conversation. Yeah. And I'm more like, hey, shoot from the hip. <laughs> right. Pop out. Lone Ranger Bang here. <laughs> Donald John Trump. <laughs> uh, I have the best words. <laughs> so, you know, to get yeah, yeah. feedback like that, I'm kind of like, huh. You know, because mm-hmm. I there are certain people that you don't always know if you can necessarily add value in, in different ways. And I have a certain level of distrust in, in some of the things that I say mm-hmm. just because I know my own salesmanship capabilities and therefore i discredit certain things i say like sure and so anyway that was good feedback I, my parents loved the song meredith freaked out yeah of course i got a lot of people that hit me up that were like what yeah so that was definitely rewarding. pretty sweet pretty sweet anyway um so yeah that was kind of <laughs> i guess that was my week was just getting dms <laughs> Um, like, no, bro, straight fire. No, nah, I've been I've been taking my master's classes, continuing on that. Um, have a ninety-seven and above in all in all three classes. I Goodness. I wrote three. I was trying to get through four. I wrote three three-page papers today. Um, because dude, one of my classes it's like is, a page an hour. <laughs> I'm I'm ripping through it. One of my classes was canceled both uh, Monday and today. So I was like, eh, I'm just gonna get some work done. Why are they canceling Zoom? I don't know, bro. What? Like, what was going on? Like, he couldn't walk to the table. <laughs> I don't... They have prior engagements. I'm not going to hate on it. It's fine. Um, I'm just glad I'm not paying for the class. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, 97 and above. I got, I got, group, I got group projects in two weeks, so I've been really like focusing on that, and then um, just hanging out with my girl. So that was my week. Okay. So that's cool. Yeah. I wish I had a summer like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You're... It's it's hard to know what to do in this summer now. Like I kind of thought that we'd be out of this this too, but now we're back to limited capacity and mm-hmm. uh, more fear, uh, more media coverage. The rapper is back on CNN, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas is big hotspot. Arizona, Florida. You said something about Florida. Like I've seen beaches are reclosing. Like yeah, yeah, Florida so... shut down the beaches for Fourth of July. Yeah, so I was planning on going to Florida with Courtney and her family at the end of the month, and I think now we're going to a different destination because if we had gone to Florida, there's something about quarantining because we're from Texas. And anyway, um, there's some property that we're going to go out to. I can't remember. <laughs> I honestly can't remember which state because I just found out about it today, and I was kind of just like, yeah, wherever we go, like I'm, I'm still down. So. Um, so we'll be doing that and still going fishing and hiking and all that good stuff. So I'm more happy about the company that I'll be with rather than where we're going. So, um, but yeah, Florida, Florida is kind of crazy about it right now. Yeah. Well, they're getting a lot of pressure and so is Texas. Like people are all up in arms about Abbott and Dan Patrick and, um, I don't know, Texas cities were four of the top five U.S. metro areas nationwide for rate of new COVID-19 cases Shout over out. the past week with Austin at number one. We're number one. 
we're number one. Don't mess with Texas. <laughs> we'll we'll take that COVID and we'll take it out back. <laughs> That's right. I'm gonna shoot that COVID. We're gonna take that COVID out to the farm. If you know what I mean. <laughs> oh man. Oh. You ever? That's how they used to make dogs go right. Like right. there was a dog in the family way back in the day, like two generations ago. And they always said this dog was so mm-hmm. special. And then one, one day uncle Bill took it out back and hit it over the head with a shovel and it just yelped and ran away. And they said that that dog was straight as an arrow ever after. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was a different kind of, this is like yeah. rural Johnson County in the sixties, seventies. You know, a different, different time and place. Even in my lifetime, my grandparents, this is one of my favorite stories ever. My, my, I shared a picture of my sister and I yes, in little form picture, dude. way back in the, like probably circa 1996 this week. Yeah. Well, circa probably 2006, maybe even no more like 2004 or something. Mm-hmm. We're, we're kids. We're down in Keene at grandmommy and granddaddy's house. And, um, they had had possums that had been tearing up their yard and so granddaddy had set traps back where the gate was to go to the back pasture so mm-hmm. they had this really nice kind of estate in Keene with a nice moon drive and then 10 acres behind that with a little red barn and i used to go out there and ride horses do all this fun stuff um and so he had set a trap to these possums and he said hey carson where to <laughs> come watch this <laughs> he, oh, so we no. had caught one and so he was gonna go shoot it between the eyes with a mm-hmm. gun and so we go down there for whatever reason he's gonna have us i'm i'm not gonna miss it i don't yeah. know why meredith meredith didn't want to miss out on anything so she was tagging along and so we get down there and the the trap is like just kind of this cage and it's kind of like vertical mm-hmm. and so you know, he gets over top of the cage with like this, uh, it's like a rifle or a shotgun or something. And the possum, like, it puts its paws up on the thing and looks directly up into the gun. Like, it, it's oh. it's perfectly positioned for its execution. And so he goes to shoot it, and the thing flinches at the last minute, and like the bullet hits it in the head and like goes through oh. it. But it's like, it's flopping around. It won't die. And so he's going, and he's like, oh, shoot. And, you know, he's yeah. like dropping a bomb. And he's cocking the gun. He realizes he only has the one bullet oh, in the gun. No. And the other bullets are back in the bedroom, back in the house, which is like a good 300 yards yeah. away. This thing is writhing around meredith is screaming <laughs> my mom's grandmommy is like why'd you do that jim <laughs> she's like why would you do that oh, and i'm man. laughing hysterically oh it was so funny that is good <laughs> to that see him good. freak like oh i didn't bring enough bullets to put this thing down and now my grandkids are right here it was so hilarious that's perfect. That's a good. That's that's a movie scene right there, dude. He was probably the funniest guy I knew ever. Like, have I ever told you the story about delivering Meals on Wheels with him? <laughs> no. He used to always take me on Meals on Wheels, and you know my uncle owns General Insurance Service right there on the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would go pick up the Meals on Wheels from. They were like a distribution center. I don't know. Sure. So he we'd go around, and you know people that get Meals on Wheels. Uh, they're not always in the best of straits, so to speak. And so he would always give me the sob story of whoever we were going to visit because it was Johnson County and mm-hmm. everybody knows everybody. And so he he told me one time, he was like, now Carson, we're about to go into this house and I don't want you to be scared at all. But, you know, he said, this old boy up in this house, 
you know, he got himself into a mess of trouble. Okay. And he said back in the day, he was working at an electrical <laughs> plant and he got caught up in the electrical cords and those things really got Whoa. him, Carson. And so he's in a wheelchair and, you know, I feel for him. He wishes that he died that day. I wish that he died that he said, matter of fact, I hope he's dead when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> and he meant it with all the care and love in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of like when I joke about death and this is how many summers yeah. you have left, I think it's hilarious. Like sometimes I have to clarify for like, I'm not going to kill myself. Right. Calm down. But joking about it is very funny. And oh yeah. <laughs> I get that from him. Like, that was that's good. He'd always open the obits. He called the obituaries the obits. <laughs> no, He'd be like, Let's go open the obits and see who got lucky. <laughs> that, oh man, it's yes. hilarious. Yeah, that that explains a lot. And too. anybody that knows him, if you tell these stories, they're just in tears because yeah. they he just had that weird sense of humor where he could say that, and it was so funny. That's great. I love that. Oh, any well, yeah. Is is today going to be a random story episode? Uh, episode? Tell one. <laughs> what you got? I've been kind of saving this one, and I might just tease it. No, tell I it. might just tease it, but we'll. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> because it's it's one that I've been saving for a rainy day. But did I ever, <laughs> did I ever tell you about the time that no, I passed a senior level uh, college course by winning a game of blackjack? No. Yeah. Well. I graduated on time because I won a game of blackjack. Wait, from Swahoo? Oh, man. Uh, you only graduated I take it, from I take it. I take it back. Who did um, you play in who blackjack? Knows, who knows? You know, it, maybe it wasn't a senior level. You graduated level. English, so you could have only played Lowy, Dineski, or Wooly in blackjack. And I want to say it was Dineski. I don't know, man. I don't. You got to tell the story, dude, because I know too much about you. I can narrow this down Damn, and tell the story for you. Name dropped like that, dude. Well, you think they're all like, "Hey, like, let's listen to the episode." Um. So whenever I was student teaching, I also had to take another class, and so I had permission from the teacher that I could, you know, miss class because I'd be student teaching, and it was, I'd kind of just like turn in my work on my own time and everything like that. Um. Anyway, I had gotten kind of behind in that class, but. Before student teaching began, like I had turned in several essays, I got A's on them. One of uh, my papers was actually um, how rap has like influenced the English language and like slang and, and all that. And the professor loved that paper. Um, I did a lot of research on it. And then um, I did another one that was just like etymology of words like. Uh, I can't even remember. I don't know that I one. That like, one. I wrote a paper on rap. I really studied hard for that. I one did. Man. I listened to a I, lot of rap, pretty much. And then you're like, and then the etymology of like edamame, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so I got A's on those, and then I just kind of fell behind because I was like, this student teaching stuff. Like the teachers like had me grading their papers and everything. I don't know. Um, long story short, I needed a C and I had a D plus and um, they're like, okay, I, there I got emailed and I said, they said, come into my office. And so I came in and um, you know, I'm just like, okay, how's this going to go down? And um, you're like, yeah, you know, you're like, you're a good student. I think, uh, I think, you know, time just kind of got in the way and you know, you were student teaching, like I understand that. I think you're going to do great and everything. And so here's what I'll do. Um, in order for you not to have to retake this class, I'm going to play you for it. 
and this this professor <laughs> opens the drawer of their desk and pulls out a deck of cards, just shuffles them. How have you been sitting on this for ten years, dude? Like I know, what right? the Yeah. And so uh we played one round, man, and I hit, got a nineteen. This professor hit and busted. I passed that class, baby. What in the world? Yeah. What did I just hear? So it was Dineski. Mm, that's not what I said. Who was it? I'm not telling you, man. That's crazy, though, right? Do you think that if and, if it had been reverse and they had actually won, that they were going to fail you and that I, would be the only barrier to you graduating? I think so. But I could have taken a summer class and then I would have been fine. Like it, it wasn't a huge deal. And this professor, honestly, if I had not passed, they probably would have been like, okay, write me another paper. And then I would have gotten a good grade and then I would have passed. Um, I think we would have worked something out. I'll never know now because I won. Um, that is that's crazy right that's creepy <laughs> it's like oh you you can do one of two things for me here brad <laughs> no that's it so was weird. blackjack or not play play me a hand that's so weird yeah i'm glad to see that a I've good ta- christian I've taken, school has yeah. a lot of integrity <laughs> on you know who they pass and who they don't pass and it's only for the right reasons and for people that apply themselves or Shut you know are good card sharks um, I apply myself. I know you do. Like, I, I know that you deserve to pass whatever. I'm just saying, like, technically, this is exactly, <laughs> this is just a weird thing. You have to admit. That's why you're telling it now. Yeah. Like, you're finally busting on this story. And Well, and I've taken so many classes and have so many credits now that that class doesn't matter anyway. So what's going to be your blackjack for student pass, passing uh, or no, failure? No, I won't do that. Oh, you won't do that? No. So you, you don't think it's a good thing to do? No, not at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you'll just be the, uh, but I, but recipient. I will say, I will say I'm, I'm lenient in the fact that like, if you don't get something in on time, I might give you partial credit, turn it into me, do a good job. And I'll, I'll grade you that way. I, I would never do like, Hey, if you win this game, um, then I'll let you pass the class. Um, but but I, I am kind of understanding in that, you know, you have other classes and... So you you hit black, you almost hit blackjack. You, yeah. you won the round and that got you your college degree. Shout out. And now you're getting a master's at that university that you Shout got out. that blackjack degree at. Yeah, man. And they're canceling Zoom school. Um, yeah. Dude, when you shared that Zoom clip on Twitter the other day, I I hadn't thought about it in what did so. I share? Come on and Zoom, come oh, on yeah. and Zoom. Like yeah. it, it took me back to such a different time and place that those memories are not proximate in my brain anymore. Like when I shared that photo the other day, circa nineteen ninety six, like that vault is much more internal now than it probably used to be. And the passing of time, like, I'm sure you can reflect on this turning 29, you old goat. <laughs> but how vivid are your childhood memories? Um, I have some very, like, like a lot of one-offs, like, of this happened at this time. And, you know, I was at the park and, you know, with my friends. And, like, I have memories like that. But as far as, like, overall childhood, I've forgotten so many things. Okay. It makes me feel better. Yeah. Sometimes I just sit back and think about it or I'll, I'll like we had a creek by our house that I used to always love to go play in and I'll try to retrace my steps like, okay, did the creek bend here or there? Like, and it's very difficult, like going back 25 years now, 30, you know, 20 years 
to try to summon some of those memories. Yeah. Kind of all runs together, but yeah. So was... what? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was debating on telling you who it was, but maybe I'll just tell you off the podcast. They're likely retired at this point, correct? Yeah. So go ahead and tell us. <laughs> Shout out my boy, Wooly. Oh, <laughs> that's your boy too. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he made it, he made it kind of worth going to school there in yeah. some ways, you know, just he, he Dude, was kind of like knowing, all knowing. Yeah. And honestly, like I, I crushed all of his other classes. Like I got straight A's. Um, and, you know, I had transferred to Southern for a little bit in Tennessee and uh he had even like emailed my professors there because they weren't going to take my transcripts even though i got all a's and you know he sent it like i sent him my essays he wrote me a report and everything and like so he knew that i was really capable and so that's why i think he did that um i don't think he just did that with every actually every though or anything hearkening back to that time though i do think that and confirm this i think that he saw that in you but at the mm-hmm. same time i don't know that he had a huge level of respect for Southern's English department and their preparation. Like, Oh, I, I yeah. think that he, I maybe... stand by, I stand by him with that. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't remember if this was kind of a, a thought, but was it because they were more conservative that they couldn't be as uh, expansive in their thought um, process surrounding literature? Or... I guess I have, I not, I don't know. Maybe I haven't told this story, but you know, I got the okay to transfer and that all of my credits would uh, be accepted at Southern. And so whenever I went, I went for a summer class. I took a psych, uh, child psychological development um, course in the summer. And I had emailed my new advisor and I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm here for the summer. I'm taking this class and I'd like for you to help me set up my schedule uh, for this upcoming school year. And he says, okay, meet me in my office at this time. I get there and he's like, so why are you here? And I said, well, I, I'm here to, you know, work with you and get my, get my schedule set. And he's like, I'm not here to hold your hand. And, um, I'm thinking to myself, you're, this is exactly why you're here. And he was the head of the English department and, um, you know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't help me set them up. And then he didn't approve, uh, like three of my English courses. And so he, um, I don't know. He was, he was just kind of a kind of not a nice guy. I'm not going to speak too poorly. He, he has since passed away, so I'm not going to speak ill of the dead. Um, I don't know him other than those few exchanges that I had with him whenever I transferred to Southern, um, but I left a poor taste in my mouth. So after that first year, I went back to Southwestern and Wooly kind of knew all of the stuff that I had gone through. Um, and because he didn't accept those tr- uh, credits, that's why whenever I got back to Southwestern, I had to take that one course um, while I was doing my student teaching. Because, you know, most student teachers, they're not taking any courses um, while they're doing that. And so I was taking that course and he kind of understood my situation. I think that's why he helped me out. Got it. Yep. Well, that makes more sense. Yeah. But good times, man. It's good. Shout out Blackjack. Yeah, seriously. I'm going to get to play a lot of that over the next couple of months. We booked our booked our NOLA townhouse for John's bachelor party next month. Ooh, nice. Um, very excited. It's like this beautiful, it's beautiful, like couple story cottage, like going into the French quarter with landings overlooking the street. And so if you need me next month, I'll be at Harrah's baby. Ooh, winning big. 
and they're not going to be closed? Uh, you know, we thought that we were out of the woods with all of this conversation and Vegas was back open for Michael's bachelor party and mm-hmm. Nola was back open for John's. And now we're kind of, it's like, okay, that's like six weeks away. You know, we'll yeah. see what happens. I think that, I think that they're going to keep the major economy, like the ability to travel for the most part, um, you know, the ability to get takeout and like at least all of the basic stuff that we've gotten a little bit used to in the new norm. Mm-hmm. I think that all of that is going to remain like even Texas. I think they only scaled back to 50 percent in rest. I went to a restaurant last night with yeah. my parents. So, you know, I'm all for keeping masks on in public. I have a slew of masks in my work bag, in my car, like wherever I would need to go and forget it. You know, I just always mm-hmm. have it handy and I support that. That's great. Um, I would much rather have some sort of mandatory mask policy or mask guideline and keep the economy as open as possible uh, versus, you know, uh, not having masks and completely closing down because I don't know if you saw, but freaking Emperor Jenkins, Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins went for, he advised, he asked the board or somebody, the city council for a 30 day mandatory stay at home order. Whoa. And I was like, dude, you will have straight revolt. Like, they're already tearing down every statue and dude, they're getting to Mount Rushmore now. Have you been to Mount Rushmore? No. Mount Rushmore is one of my favorite places on earth. Yeah. I actually got to go shout out Austin Lunyon. He was one of the people I was with. I've no. been there. I might've been there with Heston. Um, actually I can't remember if I guess he was there the whole dino dig, but I split off a couple times, but we went to South Dakota to the badlands and, um, uh, Mount Rushmore. And I think that Mount Rushmore is, it's, it's got this enchanted little tourist trap at the base mm-hmm. before you kind of go up to the elevated spot where you can see it and hike around and do all that stuff. And they've got little, it, it's like a, it reminds me of like some sort of honeymoon town. Like it's like mm-hmm. old Vegas or Niagara Falls, or it's just like this cute little, like you just eloped, you got a little B and B at the base of Mount mm-hmm. Rushmore. And it's just this romantic spot. And then Rushmore, you can go and see it any time of day, different lighting situations. Nice. They've got trails all up and around. You can like come out through Abe Lincoln's nose or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's dope. Um, and uh, if they take that down, um, man, I'm just, that's, that. it's a sight to behold. Like, it doesn't matter who the faces are for all I, like, it matters to me who they are, mm-hmm. but you could be somebody from another country and you could go marvel in the beauty of Mount Rushmore for hours, for sure. days. You know, I've been, I went there twice when I was on the dino dig in Wyoming, uh, you know, back 12, 13 years ago. And mm-hmm. I've just been itching to go ever since. And like July 4th is a prime touristy type time for yeah. that type of attraction. Yeah. They're going for that now. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that'll be crazy. I don't know, man. It's that it's kind of the conversation that we had last week is like, you know, where's the line and when does it when does it stop? What are you? Yeah, I don't know. That's why I asked jokingly, but in all sincerity about the 4th of July, like this is going to grow to be a did did you see that Mississippi just like voted to redo their state flag because their state yeah. flag literally had the confederate, the confederate flag? flag i didn't even know that i didn't either that's that's wild. when i first saw it i thought See, it was like a uh, hill yeah. article or the like, onion yeah and for me like that i'm cool with like change that flag you know um yeah mount rushmore that that's wild that's wild uh yeah i don't know i all of my thoughts on that are the same that i kind of have 
about all the topics that we discussed last week. You know, I'm 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 in talks with a couple of my black friends, and I'm I'm wanting to get them to uh, share some of their opinions. And they didn't have enough time for this episode, but I'm eager to see uh, where they kind of stand on all of this, and um, just kind of hear from their from some of their perspectives. So. I would love that. Yeah. I, I've been working actively yeah, yeah. on the same thing, honestly, because yeah. I want to balance out that conversation and mm-hmm. learn. Honestly, I yep. think that's, I'm kind of excited for that opportunity. Yeah, um, me too. In me a too. forum to, you know, like I, I enjoy deep relationships with people that are different than me so that you can mm-hmm. ask point blank, like, hey, uh, what goes on with this? Or yeah. what do you think about Be- that? Because, you know, we're over here talking about uh, HBO pulling uh, Gone with the Wind for a little bit. And it's like, are, are my black friends even up in arms about this? Like, am I, am I, you know, saying, Oh, like they, they totally should do that if it makes people uncomfortable, but then like, nobody's really uncomfortable about it. And they care more about like the social injustices and that's what they should be focusing on. So, um, that's why I'm probably not going to comment too much on about like statues and and different things being pulled down because I feel like I've kind of exhausted my thoughts on it and I'm just trying to learn how others feel about it right now. I maintain, I think I said this an episode or two ago, I maintain that most of like our level-headed black peers, Mm -hmm. honestly, do not care uh, deeply and personally about somebody that did blackface for some sort of sketch comedy 30 years ago. Um, I think that some will have differing opinions on statues and different things like that. Um, But I just cancel culture this week. Like I saw that Gilmore, not Gilmore, um, the Golden Girls, um, is that, am I saying that right? Golden, the Golden Girls, yeah. Golden, I love that show. It's so hilarious. Yeah, Betty White. Um, they had to remove like a mud mask episode where the oh, women yeah, had see, mud masks on. But, but I even saw like a lot of my black friends saying like, this is so stupid that they're pulling this episode. Um, because, you know, they w- somebody probably made the comment that it looked like blackface or something whenever they were just getting mud masks. Um and it's like, why are you pulling all the attention on this whenever there are real problems going on within our society? Like, why are we focusing on that? You know? Yeah. And meanwhile, like cops have obviously not had the most support as of late. And in New York City, they actually have a, technically a lot less financial support now because it looks like New York voted to strip a billion dollars away from the police budget and redistribute it to things like uh, broadband in housing projects and in some ways that's brilliant (laughs) in some ways like i love like give give underprivileged people more internet access more access Mm -hmm. to gain ten thousand hours at something like grow the nurture the next software engineer nurture the next person that has access to google and you know can see if you don't have access to things like that and you're trapped in your own world or whatever you're really trapped in that world but if yeah. you have access to books or the internet or whatever you can escape whatever world you're That's in right. and and level up dude um as a teacher like you know having the internet and being able to look up all this stuff like education is huge and in, in the development of, of kids and and and, you know, the more educated you are, typically the less trouble you get in. Um, this is for any uh, race, religion, you know, what, whatever. Like, um, and so, you know, whenever you go into those neighborhoods that, that are kind of broken down and, and they don't have access to all these things, it, it's detrimental to their lives. And so being able to get in all that Internet and, and uh, 
I mean, obviously you can just use it for like social media and all, all things like that. But at least like you said, it's kind of keeping you out of trouble. But then on top of that, you know, just having that to gain more knowledge is crucial. Um, I've been, I've been taking these, you know, I'm in another psychology class, um, in my, from a, one of my master's classes and talking about, um, you know, the development of, of the brain and, and what kids are taking in at certain age levels and, and, um, how they adapt to their environment and, you know, some of those poor environments that that's why they struggle as they get older. And that's why they turn to, uh, I don't know, turn to, uh, negative ways to either make a living or, or hyper local ways to make a living. Sure. You know, they're, yeah. if you're not aware of your ability to generate content for YouTube or, you know, watch, uh, read scientific journals and figure out you want to become a scientist or whatever the case may be, you're not exposed to all these different inspiration points. Mm -hmm. And so all of that being said, I also just said that Bill de Blasio led a public charge to defund the police and took a billion dollars away from an annual budget. So his political head, they hate him up there. He is one of the most hated people in America and he has cemented his head on a platter for next, you know, election cycle, because if you think that one cop has a favorable opinion of Bill de Blasio right now, you are mistaken. Like they feel left out in the cold. I know that the right is using this as like a big, you know, uh, line too far. And I think that in some ways it's not a knee jerk reaction in that this kind of thing has been going on for a long time, but half these police chiefs that you see interviewed are black women or black men. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's difficult. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm just saying that taking that kind of taking away anything that starts with a B away from a police force in terms of budget that already feels disenfranchised or like, Hey, it's us against the world, man. Like nobody's going to look out for us, but us Mm -hmm. is dangerous. And I don't know it. Yeah. I can make the case both ways, honestly, as I can most of these things. Um, you know, it, and then either way, it's like, oh, I knew that would happen, you know, because like you said, you can see it playing out either way. Well, and like shootings have like doubled in New York over the past little while. Like they yeah. they have a lot of violence going on right now. There's a lot of defacing of property, of statues. Mm-hmm. Like somebody took some red paint or dye blood to a was it George Washington statue recently. Like, you know, the mm-hmm. a lot of our stuff is getting torn up and it's kind of like, hey, you know. Are, are you going for things in the abstract next, like dates or sentiments? Like they definitely don't want, you cannot have any level of Southern pride in this country anymore, which for a long time, any racism or any of that aside, you could be proud that you were from the South or mm-hmm. whatever, you know? And I think that. I think you, I think you can still have that. It's just, mm, it's, da- it's pretty dangerous. I don't know. You can't have it too much. I think it's just in the way that, that you say it. Like if you're over here, like there are people saying why, like I think don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure like Trump recently retweeted something that, you know, where somebody was like white power or something like that. Um, and you know, the South will rise, like he didn't retweet that or the South will rise, but you know, people still say that. And whenever you get into that territory, that's kind of, that's, that's racist. That's kind of creepy. Um, but you can be proud of where you're from for sure. Well, I mean, Context and the way that you're going to is everything. We're going to circle back to that larger sentiment about white power and what you can say and what you can feel as far as all of that goes. 
Um, the thing with Trump that you're referencing, he did retweet a video in which I want to say that it was like an older community or an affluent community in Florida next to Mar-a-Lago or something. Mm-hmm. He had some sort of personal tie to this community and they had all their golf carts out and they were like doing a little Trump sign parade and they mm-hmm. clashed with protesters who were like cussing them out. And he had retweeted this and the guy in one of the golf carts is yelling white power, white yeah. power. And so then he got skewered. Check this out. Apparently he retweeted that. Then he goes out on the golf course on Sunday and is unavailable for five hours. Mm. Like the White House was literally having like a code red meltdown. They're like, activate the bat signal, like get yeah. him in the bunker. Somebody get a hold of this guy. And he wasn't available because, you know, he was off golfing right. and he was having his me time and he was on do not disturb. Mm-hmm. And so he finally gets back and undoes it. Well, the damage had been done at that point. And that's actually what nuked Ben Shapiro this week was that Ben made a point that I would have made in certain ways. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, Trump sees, you know, uh, sympathetic voters on golf carts in a familiar community to him with Trump signs clashing with protesters and they have the perceived upper hand or they come out on top or whatever. You know, he said Trump likely saw these signals like Trump signs, community I know, retweet like this. This illustrates a larger point that I'm trying to uh, further exhibit in this time period. Mm -hmm. And he likely didn't even listen to the video or have the sound turned on when he retweeted to know he's like, how many times have you seen 20 seconds out of a 38 second video and retweeted it or said something about it and didn't watch the entirety of it or sound was off or you were watching the captions that everybody does now and people lit him up for that. Yeah. I think it was probably Ben is no Trump apologist. No. You know, he he's good to say good Trump and bad Trump. And he very much is in, in the I'm, we're kind of in the same camp that like Ben was always like Trump is too inept and incompetent to have actually successfully colluded in a concerted effort with the Russians, which I've always maintained as well. Like he he's gone off his gut. And really, this is more shoestring than anybody has ever thought. You know, like this mm-hmm. isn't deep state ties and like far reaching conspiracy theory. Like it's just an old guy that is often, you know, retweeting conspiracy theories. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he has a big bully pulpit and fewer of the actual connections than we think. Um, so that was his point, but yeah, Trump did do that. And yeah. that was, uh, I mean, first of all, just from a professional standpoint, like, you are the president of Correct. the organization yeah, in which I am. You're a not member. somebody laying in the bed, you know, and retweeting the 20 seconds out of 38. Like, like you big gaff. Yeah. He should have apologized. Yeah. He like he, all racism aside, all of these different things like that was not. You need to be more thoughtful with what you say on Twitter Dude, globally, and, of course. Yeah, I mean, and there's already a strong narrative in him being a racist. So, like, oh, yeah. I mean, this isn't this isn't like a one time offense. And so that's that was Shapiro's point, too, that he's like, do you think that he would knowingly retweet something that would cement the viewpoint that he's trying to get people to not think of or or not believe? You know, because I'm I'm pretty positive that in Trump's mind, when he says he's the least racist guy on Earth, I think that he really thinks that I really do. I think that he's too good at calling out differences between us and then you know capitalizing on a narrative that he iterates on surrounding those differences and further bringing about divides 
Um, I don't think that he wakes up and thinks like black people are lesser than or anything like that. I think that he has, um, he does not practice a lot of care in his speech about a lot of people and groups and things. And yeah. if he, if he were to be more teleprompter, he could do a lot better. Yeah. He's but too egotistical he's to read somebody down. else's words. The interesting thing though, and I want to throw this past you and this is kind of, kind of controversial, but, oh. um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so you can say that black lives matter. Sure. And if you say white lives matter right now, it's kind of a faux pas. It's kind of like, Hey, you, you know, we've always said that, like, don't mm -hmm. take away from our moment. Like we're not saying that you don't matter, but mm -hmm. this is the, the situation at hand. Correct. Um, it, you can have black power. You can have black solidarity. You can have black brotherhood. You can have black pride. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not really allowed to say that you have white pride. You, you're not, not allowed to say that not. you have white power. You're not really allowed to say that you have white lives matter in this moment. You're not really allowed to. Uh, and, and a lot of politicians in trying to make a point somewhat like this have really stuck their foot in their mouths and also had tendencies or, or inklings already. People thought that they might mm -hmm. be racist, but you can't really make the point or voice that as white people especially white people in the south like i born and raised in dallas texas mm -hmm. for the most part here like you know lived in a couple other places for brief periods in my adult years but i've always lived in dallas texas yeah and thereabouts i'm not allowed to go back and say great great granddaddy was a great man or i'm not allowed to really say i'm super proud of my heritage i think you can be proud of certain aspects of it but quietly I, that i mean in your opinion i feel like with any of my friends including my black friends i can say that i have certain pride in in my past and heritage so i mean they know where i come from but i also don't take the opportunity to say white power or white pride or white brothers like like i don't care i don't need to say any of that i i think black people have earned a certain right and that they they do stand unified be, because of certain things that they've gone through i don't I haven't been and you know my family members have not been through any hardships like that. So I mean that kind of goes back to how I my stance on the n-word like there there's so many other things that I can say and and do with my time like I don't care that they're allowed to say that. Like I can say that I'm proud from Texas. I can say that I love, you know, my family. I didn't know my great great granddad or anything like that, but Neither you know did I. Like there I feel like I can be proud of of a lot of different things from my past and my heritage. And I feel like I'm not going to catch any flack for that because all of my people know where I stand otherwise. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's just interesting. I think that there's different groups that have to more proximately shoulder the burdens of former generations, like mm -hmm. with apartheid in South Africa and the fall of the Berlin wall in Germany yeah. and, um, South versus North in America. And just if you're, if you're in Germany right now and you're a 30 year old male, your grandfather might've done terrible, terrible things. Mm -hmm. And you're not, it, it's interesting. Like, and I've asked Germans about this, you know, like, um, how is it that 
I've made the point like it's it's interesting how much flack white people take for slavery and all of the you know systematic racism all sure. these things that have plagued blacks in this country since its inception and before and how I'm like why aren't we all talking about Germans having killed 6 million Jews you know 70 years ago mm-hmm. and it's an interesting thing I think that in in the case of Germany and some of these other countries they've had a more um pronounced repudiation a more pronounced like hey let's shoulder through the pain for a little while because we need to have these conversations and really come together and have these new ideals and maybe um in america it's been more of a slow burn creep mm-hmm. where you know there there isn't a definitive day where it's like that day it got better you know yeah. um but i just and I don't mean for any of this to be confrontational and I don't want you to take the opposing side. Sure. I'm more voicing the sentiment that it's interesting how different pockets of people can't exhibit pride in their direct heritage based yeah. on maybe what a generation or two prior well, to them did. And to be honest, I think there are many different races and cultures where if they went far enough back, like it wasn't just white people selling slaves either. Um, it was a bunch of different cultures. And so I, I think there's a lot of things that we can all look back on, you know, great, 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 great grandparents and everything. And, and, uh, it may not be as good for a lot of us. Um, but it's definitely not. I mean, even Christians like Christian crusades back in the day, like, yeah, if we want to bring religion into this, like all of them, uh, yeah. Every, every religion has had an agenda and lives have been lost over it. Yeah, for sure. All in the pursuit of saving lives. Yeah. So to speak. Ironic. It, it's just, it is interesting. Um, uh, I mean, Jews were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know, going back to the whole, like you had made a point about uh, Shelly actually, uh, she's so lucky that I'm a good friend because, <laughs> um, the other day she had called me midday. She was listening to the show and she had this Mm -hmm. really articulate, incredible point about um, you're like, where's the cutoff? So you said something bad 30 years ago versus Mm -hmm. five years ago. Is there a difference? What's the sliding scale? And she had, she had called me. I wasn't available. She sent me a text. The text had an audio file because she had just spit out her thoughts. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I gotcha. I'm going to put this on the show. Yeah. And then she'd send me all these like, don't use that uh-huh. on the show. I wasn't thinking when I yeah, said yeah. that. But she had made an interesting point about trademarks and mm-hmm. um, disclaimers and how when it became possible to civilly sue someone in America and like statute of limitations and, mm-hmm. you know, you can't prosecute a crime right. after this. She was making a point about, you know, people are going to have disclaimers and um, like little asterisks and tags, like we are not responsible for the content that comes out of our mouths during this time or w- whatever the case may be to almost legally CYA. Yeah. And she was making an analogy. See, Shelly, this is why you should just let me play the clip because I just butchered <laughs> your sentiment. So enjoy that. But <laughs> it was a very interesting point that, yeah, you know, yeah. Like basically just, so we get on for episode of the podcast and before the episode begins, it's like, you know, they are not held responsible for anything that they say. Is that kind of what you're saying? Like, well, it's almost like if weekly catch up podcast was like a subsidiary or LLC or C Corp, Mm -hmm. like weekly catch up podcast does not take responsibility legally for any of the comments made on the show. Um, you know, protect the business unit. Like I think that she was trying to draw some sort of analogy with that and that it might all, 
it might almost extend to like personal speech in the future mm -hmm. where it's like, Hey, don't sue me. Cause a lot of this, we're seeing different types of retribution, justice and punishment in today's day and age. Like Fox news lost an anchor uh, over the weekend. Ed yep. Henry got fired for sexual misconduct for something that occurred years ago, apparently. And Fox news brought in, you know, a third party law firm to run a full investigation. Mm -hmm. He's out on his butt, you know, he's been handed his severance check or whatever, and he's out the door. Yep. And it's interesting because likely if he made a comment to somebody years ago, nothing is prosecutable in a court of law, mm -hmm. but justice got served on him in some respects yeah. for whatever occurred if he did something. Right. So we're seeing different that there's such a social justice component, I guess, to mm -hmm. today's day and age where you can get gotten multiple ways. True. And now prison is just like a cherry on top. It's like when you're actually um, Michael um, uh, Cohen and mm -hmm. you're Trump's personal attorney and you've said all this stuff, you've tweeted all this stuff. And then you, on top of being publicly shamed and ridiculed and ridden out, ridden out of house and ridden out of town on a pole, you go to prison, son. Yeah. Like it's incredible. Yep. Yeah. I, man. Um, it, it's just an interesting thing. And I, I don't know if we'll ever get an answer as far as like statute of limitations on not, not like jail time or like going to the judge, but just like, as far as it it goes with uh, cancel culture and like well something that you said you know twenty years ago might get you fired and you might you might not be able to be a public speaker entertainer politician um I mean you're not gonna get any jail time or anything like that but people still might hold you accountable for what you said so long ago um, we need a relative justice spreadsheet uh, algorithm that it's like. Zero to 17, here's the sliding scale of like mm -hmm. cell A is age, cell B is, or column B is offense, or column C is like what was said or, yeah. you know, intimated or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's like if at 16 you said this in this year, then you get, it'll be expunged from your record because you're a minor. Like we do that legally. See, yeah, but then at sixteen, we're saying all this crazy stuff because we know it's not gonna, not gonna affect us as much. Um, Isn't that great? Like, hey, I have free speech <laughs> until I'm eighteen, and then oh, life wild. gets real. Wild. It, we're entering this weird 1984 Animal Farm, like mm -hmm. uh, com compelling of speech, limitation of speech. Um, best just most of this is like what's in taste people like mm -hmm. you know well yeah but then you go to different corporations and like you know they're gonna be different tones and, and different scales you know one CEO one boss is, is gonna expect this from you while another is gonna expect something different so I don't know if like a sliding scale will work just because people's um, people's moralities don't line up you know yeah well, it's like the whole like defense of <laughs> we're we're all about not being sexist and women's mm -hmm. rights and equal rights and all of this stuff. And but don't you dare criticize, you know, Islam, you know, mm -hmm. don't you dare um, tell them how to be in their culture, even if it's sexist, it's all get out, you know, like it's it's a weird thing, dude. Yeah. Life. Life. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just about to turn 29, so I, st I still have a. I can figure this out for everyone, you know, before it's all said and done.
So should we get to the the real topic of the week? What is the real topic of the week? You want the the real must heard? Oh, what's the must heard, man? What's going on with Jada Pinkett Smith? Oh, I have this in my notes. <laughs> Shout out. What's going on? Well, what was happening? <laughs> she's denying. She's denying. She it. is. Okay. Yeah. Like, like uh, representatives have already. Okay. So let's start from the beginning. Please fill us in. August Alsina is a singer. Um, <laughs> I'm going to look up his age right now. Um, but I believe he's like 27 ish. Um, yeah, he's 27 years old. He was born in 1992. Uh, if you could look up Jada's age for me, please. Jada Pinkett Smith is the wife of Will Smith. Okay. Um, August Alsina was a friend of Jaden Smith. That would, that would be Will Smith's son, right? <laughs> She's and 48. so Jaden like brings August over. August meets the parents. And now years later, um, or a couple years later, August, uh, he was just on The Breakfast Club. Oh, is was, that where this came out? Yeah, I believe he was talking to Angela Yee. Um, and he comes out and says, Will and Jada Pinkett Smith have an open relationship, and Will gave me his blessing. And so, you know, I got intimate. I got intimate with Jada. And um, But it's come out that, you know, Jada is completely denying everything. I think Will Smith's people is, have also denied that Will Smith ever had a meeting with him. Um, but August, during this interview, he was like, yeah, you know, in the breakup, like, it, uh, it almost killed me. It did kill me. Like, I am a completely different person because of this relationship, and I have nothing but love and respect to, to Will and Jada. You know, um, again, he gave me his blessing and... Um, all that. So I don't, I don't know if you have more, if you read anything else on that subject. No, it, it jogged the memory that, you know, there's long been rumors of them having oh, an yeah. open relationship of sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, s- because she's commented in the past that like Will is a free man and he can do whatever he wants. And uh, he, she later clarifies that, well, it's because like I know him and I know that he can go anywhere and uh, he'll be respectful and that's why I say he can do whatever he wants because, you know, he's respectful of our relationship. So it was still kind of like unclear on where they stand. Oh, I, I can, I can, I, I got this pulled up. Newsweek, in 2005, Will Smith told the Daily Mail that the two speak openly about being sexually attracted to other people and made claims that stoked the speculation. If it came down to it, this is a quotation from Will. If it came down to it, then one can say to the other, look, I need to have sex with somebody, he said. I'm not going to going to if you don't approve of it, but please approve of it. Jada Pickett-Smith also denied the open marriage rumors after a comment she made on a HuffPost Facebook live stream. Here is how I will change my statement. Will and I both can do whatever we want because mm-hmm. we trust each other to do so. This does not mean we have an open relationship. This means we have a grown one. She wrote in a Facebook post. Grown. Yo, when you grown and sexy, <laughs> they got an open relationship. <laughs> and I think what they're, if I had to guess... Have they had sex with other people? Yeah, but they they handpick, approve, they're aware. Because it's like in that type of situation, I think the number one dirty thing that you, it's like, don't catch me not knowing what's going right. on. You know? Yeah. Um. You know, Jada before Tupac passed, like her and her and Tupac, like they were like best friends. And this is why not know that this at is all, dude. Oh, it's crazy because uh, Jada was like dating Will at the time. And Tupac was in the picture and like their besties and Tupac would like write her love poems while she's with uh, Will. And 
it got to the point where he even said like uh how do i want to phrase this um you doing some editing on the fly here yeah he he claimed that she made him climax without like them ever having physical touch or anything like that just like on an emotional level that is what she, with her mind that is what she did to him Ooh. yeah so um so she's been known to you know have those relationships with people even if it wasn't physical touch girls got power yeah that's crazy I did not know. That is so much more creepy that August came in through Jaden. <laughs> yeah, he was a friend of Jaden's. That's wild, right? I was thinking he's, about him more as a peer. Yeah, because of... they're both mu- uh, musicians. Jaden also does a little bit of acting, but they, they do music. And uh, yeah, and I'll, I don't know. Did you look up what how old Jada is? 48. Yeah, 48, and he's 27. And this happened a year or two ago. He even has, he has a song about it. Um, what are the lyrics to that song? Let me. And first of all, Jada, Jada is forty-eight. Looks like everybody else is twenty-eight. She looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, they both do. I mean, they're a beautiful couple. Yeah, a really beautiful couple. Um, he has a song called Cor- Corinne, uh, which is like Jada's middle name. Um, and it was just I don't know. It was kind of like a l- little love song, and then. Or it might have been like a breakup song. To be honest, I can't remember. It's like, you're going back to the bad boys in the West with Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Can I still play with your kids? <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he mentions that they're all good. He he respects the family and everything. So, How did this come up with Angela Yee? August Alcina. Uh, he was on the breakfast. I think he was promoting some of his music or something. And she asked. Oh, so she said r- this, rumors have it. Well, because rumors been around for a while since he like came out with this song because it was titled uh, uh, Corinne. Yeah, but nobody is immediately linking it because of that. Uh, I mean, I think that they had been seen together and so they did link it because of that. Hmm. And then he came out with like a a music video that kind of went along with it. That Yeah, it's a whole she thing. She started. <laughs> <laughs> Not, no, it was like, um, the music video was like you're looking at a phone and like these incoming texts are coming through and, and those are supposedly from Jada. It was obviously workshopped because it, it's like showing the lyrics. Um, well, I got a comment that, um, I mean, first of all, if you have an open relationship or marriage or you control that situation or whatever, like more power to you. Uh, I can't tell anybody how to live their lives. Like, you know, some people want to mix it up and, I could see Will and Jada um, doing some recruiting for each other, some sanctioning, whatever is going to happen. Some people just want to know that you're coming home with me at the end of the day and whatever. That's wild. That being said, the things that either he's a liar or she just... They're both liars. ...made him climax with her mind and (laughs) wasn't even there and he's Mm. talking out of school. Or he's just... He's definitely violating... um, like confidentiality and he is exhibiting it sounds to me like he's trying to use this as content and come up on his career and like Mm -hmm. piggyback off of this stuff and i'm sure that they're denying this if it's true and and thinking like yo bro you don't know how to roll like if you're gonna have if you're gonna have hot sex with a-list celebs sanctioned in one of the 
oldest institutional mar- Hollywood marriages available on the A-list circuit today with two people that are still relevant, you can't be running your mouth about that. Like that's yeah. NDA type situation. That's stuff you in the trunk of the Beamer and, you know, bring you to the estate, the compound and, and get you out once you're in the garage. Like no paparazzi, like private people that are squeaky clean in Hollywood. Um, it seems like he's running his mouth and probably going to hear from a cease and desist lawyer. Yeah. Um, I guess he was also in a song with Kaylani, who I love Kaylani. She's great. Um, the Nunya remix. I'm looking up the lyrics to it right now because I, I don't think I've heard it. Oh, no. These are the same lyrics. Oh, I guess he used those lyrics from Corinne and then used that verse with, to this song. You got me feeling like it was an act. You're just an actress. Mm. Anyway. Sounds like we need Khaled to come out and be like, you played yourself. <laughs> yeah, truly. Yeah. <laughs> Major I, I, key. Don't talk about this in yeah. the future. Well, you know, she has her own like YouTube show called The Red Table. I'm sure. I saw she, that that ju- did that just come out? No, no, no. She's been doing oh. it for a while. It's actually pretty good. Um, she's had like a lot of good discussions. Is her on daughter that. routinely on it or? Um, I'd want to say maybe sometimes I've seen like three episodes What's the format. Uh, like they just talk to people that come through. Yeah. Um, they, a lot of times they have guests and uh, they just kind of come on, talk about their thoughts on a particular topic. Um, it's good though. Okay. Yeah. Well, this will probably be a topic that I'm she'll sure. have to address. Oh, like sure. if she has, if she was just an A-list celeb that made movies and could hide behind Hollywood Hills mansion walls and all of that, that'd be one thing. But if she's making any type of cyclical, relevant, like newsworthy, timely show for online publication and distribution, yeah, she's going to have to be more real about this. Because that is the great thing about today's day and age is that we want real answers. And like you, we, we've go- grown so accustomed to teary-eyed apology videos and different things like this that we're wa- used to watching people humble themselves in an effort to get back in our good graces on a very public massive scale and it's not like where you can just go wait it out mm-hmm. behind a publicist anymore nah so this yeah, will be interesting to watch unravel <laughs> yeah definitely. i don't think this one's gonna blow away uh blow over next week they might ignore it but i mean it's it was like number one on twitter for a little while today so like all day for me <laughs> uh, i'm sure she's gonna address it um and and will but yeah, just right now they just had publicists saying that it's none of it's true. So, yeah, interesting. Stereotypical pre-canned response. I don't yep. know something. Sometimes those long-term marriages where they're so sexy, it's like, yeah, you got to be doing, you got to be hooking each other up. Yeah, they're both good-looking people, but I don't know, man. I that that lifestyle is not for me. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, moving on. Yeah, please. Tesla. Uh, rich. Like- yeah, Tesla's a mad rich dude. They are now the most valuable automaker in the world. The 16-year-old Silicon Valley upstart has just overtaken the 82-year-old Toyota. Um, Tesla has appreciated 170% so far in 2020. Uh, more than four times the return of the auto industry's 10 largest companies combined. Uh, yeah. 2020. Yeah, climate change and COVID-19 has accelerated the transition to a technology-focused economy driven by online sales, remote engagement, and artificial intelligence. Uh, 
Um, Tesla shares increased more than 400% during the past year as the best performer among the 500 largest U.S. companies. Um, let's see what else. Dude, like the market, the stock market just had its best quarter in 20 years. That's in really? the quarter just that, that ended last night. That's wild. So Mar- uh, April, May, June was their best quarter for the stock market, That's which crazy. is hard to believe. Yeah. Like amid everything going on. Yeah. Also, Tesla has been criticized in the past for burning through cash. Yet Elon Musk company has more than eight billion in cash today. That's almost four times its liquidity from a year ago, and five times its cash in 2015. So, got to. That's what they mean whenever they say you got to spend money to make money. Dude's a soldier, man. He just the fact that he finds time to do the boring companies, SpaceX. Like he just launched the first human Americans into the space. Yeah. In a while, successfully, those rockets just come right back down and mm-hmm. like sit down on their little pad and he's doing teslas and yeah. uh he is just a true renaissance man wild i don't know how he i don't know he what was also prescription a, he yeah, has but he, i want it he was also in a picture today with kanye west just yeah i saw that randomly yes did yay just pop up on twitter like he yeah he, he disappears for so long and then yeah. comes back well you know kanye he just made the gap uh business deal a 10-year business deal and then he also just released a single uh a new uh one of it's like a new christian gospel type of song rap um that was produced by dr dre hmm. yeah he's just getting everybody religion i guess i went to his new website uh so I, i'm always like magically following him whenever he pops back up mm-hmm. but I, I think he like deletes his twitter and then he re-gets it he like then... deletes all of his tweets and like leaves the account vacant until he's trying to push something yeah, and then he just comes back for these pushes, and like his web properties are so strange. Like yeah. I always like to go just from a design perspective because I'm like, let's see what the newest, most minimalist, new agey type stuff looks like on, on digital. Mm-hmm. And so I go, and it's like you know four meta links <laughs> over on the right hand side, top corner. Yeah. And, um, his only discography and stuff that he was selling was like Jesus is King. Oh yeah, and um, just really weird design palette. Dude, because he, he's a huge fan of uh, Virgil, Virgil Abloh, who is, like, not good. <laughs> he's just not. Um, man, I th- it was one of these rappers that recently passed away, and apparently Virgil did the artwork for it, and it was just terrible. I'm going to... I don't understand some of these celebrity like valuations on different things. Cause I could have sworn that it yeah, was Kanye it was, that five years ago was $53 million in debt. And now he's a billionaire. Didn't you see that news recently? Um, who? Was, oh, well his, his wife is, how did she get a billion? Uh, Kylie has her cosmetics her and they strip clothing her line. The, the, I'm sure she gets Goodness. paid for the TV show. Um, she has a lot of stuff going that on. Chris so, the, agent. so Pop Smoke, who I believe we reported, yeah, we know, did. Uh, past uh, that's the cover art for his uh, for his album that will be dropping. Okay, which is terrible. And then you got like fan made ones that are like way cooler. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, and Virgil's that. just like this crazy. Yeah, I don't know. There's just like fan-made art that is just so much better better um anyway so virgil is just a graphic designer or what yeah 
and well and he like designed a watch that drake wears that drake's talked about in one of his raps and so he's like prominent in the hip-hop world but just not i don't know man i don't see the talent hmm okay yeah uh, I guess let's go into the last story and then we can hit shout outs if you want. Sure. Unless you have more notes. What do you got? Have you followed uh, any of these Fort Hood Colleen people that uh, a couple soldiers have like wound up missing and dead and found like they found this latest one. Apparently some um, it was a female uh, cadet or sergeant or something. And um, apparently she was found in a shallow grave after having been missing for like 80 something days or oh wow forgive me if i'm butchering the story tots but um apparently i, I saw something that they had found a a sexual misconduct allegation from her like a report that had been filed directly before her disappearance jeez yeah so and so and they didn't do anything about it and now she's dead i need to read up more on it but you know those are the it's a juicy story from the three things that I know about wow. it. Um, and I think that that follows, I think that women in the armed forces and that they faced severe retaliation and yeah. sometimes mortal uh, retaliation for um, not adhering to whatever caste system they've had in place in, in times past. Man. I don't know. That's That's why I'm always like, yeah, it's terrible if someone were ever to lie about those allegations. But I'm always going to like hear that person out um, instead of taking the side of the accused, I guess. Like, and I also understand, like, you need proof and everything, but you always got to hear somebody out and maybe do a little bit of investigating whenever there's something like that going on. I mean, I, I believe, uh, you know, the believe all women mm-hmm. s- stance. I, I'm listen to all women. You like, right, hear right. every allegation yeah. and and follow it to the nth degree. Um, but yeah, if you have sometimes just based on somebody's uh, stature, um, if you know them really personally, you can kind of, I guess, wait their word or whatever. But yeah. I don't know, man people always prove you wrong and yeah. sometimes they have really bad skeletons in the closet or right. And, and I am one, I own up to being wrong and you know, I've, I've been wrong before and I'll be wrong again. I'm just always like, uh, I don't know. I'm always going to want proof, but I'm still always going to hear out the person who's saying that they're being mistreated. Um, whether it's, you know, for the color of their skin or whether it was like sexual misconduct or anything like that. Um, I, I feel like generally the majority of people who, who share those stories are not making them up. Right. Um, so they're always worth worth listening to. But Have you, real quick, um, before shout outs, have you seen anything about all this Facebook stuff where um, mm. the, the advertiser boycott where like every major brand oh, that spends I have. any What's amount of digital spend... Like uh, essentially, and let me look this up real quick too, but their shares have plummeted. Like um, they've lost a lot of their market cap value. Um, I think Zuck's personal fortune shrunk like seven or eight billion dollars. That's what's over up. The last We're going back while. to MySpace? Yeah, man. Um, That's, I've, dude. <laughs> hundreds I love of brands it. are pulling ads from Facebook, its largest advertisers 
aren't among them, according to CNN, like 12 minutes ago. Um, Ooh, it's a new mustard. Hundreds of companies have promised to halt advertising on Facebook and its sibling platform, Instagram, as part of month-long boycott, officially set to begin on Wednesday, according to the civil rights group behind the protest. But even as a steady drumbeat of household names like North Face, Pfizer, Levi Strauss have joined the pressure campaign over the social network's mishand- or handling of hate speech and misinformation, the vast majority of Facebook's biggest advertisers, the ones with presumably the most leverage, have stayed quiet. Um, the list of companies that have yet to pause advertising on Facebook includes Walmart, American Express, and Home Depot. Of the largest 25 spinners on Facebook ads last year, only three companies, Microsoft, Starbucks, and Pfizer, have publicly confirmed their plans to pause marketing on Facebook. Hmm. The top 25 businesses, according to data, accounted for an estimated $2 billion of Facebook advertising spend, or nearly 3% of Facebook's Jeez. 2019 revenues. Yo, if $2 billion is 3% of your revenue, you made $100 billion last year. That's math, folk. Um, wow. That's wild. Most of the top 25, okay, let's see. I'm trying to find the brands that did that did step down. Uh, I know that Procter & Gamble, I think, pulled their ads. They spent almost $100 million last year. Wow. A Wells Fargo spokesperson said the company is evaluating its usage of When Wells Fargo won't be associated with you, you got major <laughs> issues. Oh, hey, that's my bank. <laughs> Yo, you probably got 87 accounts with them right now. <laughs> Every time you've ever gone into a branch, they've like, Brad just opened six new accounts today. <laughs> no, they're good. They have a brilliant marketing campaign coming back with new stagecoach and like you know reestablished 2019 or whenever it was yeah it's amazing to see these brands have to walk it back and volkswagen we've learned yeah wells fargo we've changed and <laughs> yeah meanwhile it's just facebook is like a monopoly and it's um you know whoever wants to pay to advertise their stuff is the people that are going to get to advertise on facebook and so i guess the I know that all the ads I saw yesterday were Trump, <laughs> Trump re-election. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't scroll on Facebook anymore. I, I do I, sometimes. I get my notifications. I check those. If somebody sends me like a an event or something, you know. Oh, for but sure. I, I don't get on Facebook and scroll just because it's too maddening. I, I've actually cut back on a lot of social media. Um, Good for you. I'm just trying to chill. You uh, do you have the new Facebook on your Mac? What's the new Facebook? have you seen i'll show you my screen when we get out of the studio um it uh, looks like twitter really yeah then, no i don't have that but i don't remember the last time i got on facebook on my computer oh really yeah I'd, like I, I mean i i seriously don't use facebook a lot you're just mobile app usage yeah but even then like i'm, I'm basically twitter and instagram so well yeah me too for all practical intense purposes but i'm I, I post family photos and then view all yeah, the yeah. stuff on. I do like life updates on on yeah. Facebook and I'll post, but I don't. I just don't continue scrolling. Maybe, maybe I should check back in with how everybody's doing. But so who are we shout now? Episode shout thirty nine. I'm gonna shout out uh, David Aguilar, one of my students who I know has been listening. Um, so thank you, sir. It was good running into you the other day. 
um, Andy, who I've shouted out like twice now, he, he just said that uh, he listened to the Colton Venner episode and absolutely loved Colton Venner um, and has checked out his other songs. And um, he's like, this guy doesn't miss. I'm like, yeah, I know he's amazing. Um, so shout out to him. Uh, shout out to Heston for the kind words. Like, um, yeah, real thoughtful. Y- words. Yeah, you highlighted a lot of what I was kind of hoping people would get from what we have to say. And so, thank you so much for that. And then all the love that I received um, for uh, the song that I did the past week, I, I, I definitely appreciate that. That that made my whole week. Yeah. Shout out to you for the summer session and Wanza for the amazing song last week. All the yeah. love that everybody sent over for that. Um, Heston had a funny experience where somehow a hummingbird landed on his head. <laughs> I don't even believe this, but he tweeted it out that it had reminded him of my bird incident. And mm-hmm. so I just, you know, quote tweeted him and said, sounds like Snow White folding laundry compared to my experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Shout out to him. Shout out to... Um, I know Michael and Shelly are listening. They've been real vocal with our stuff lately. Yep. Um, Grizz was listening last week. I saw her in Checkers over the weekend. Nice. Briefly. So um, Grizz is all in a brand new space over in Lakewood. Oh, yeah? Uh, right next to Checkers. So we all went to go see her new apartment. And nice. Take her an orchid. Uh, the minute I handed her her orchid, she laughed. And we went upstairs and she showed me that orchid that she just killed <laughs> from somebody that had visited Love a couple it. days before. Love it. Um. But yeah, just shout out to all the listeners. We appreciate it. Um, I think Brock was engaging yeah. with us on. Oh yeah, he said he ran back the song like four. Oh yeah, shout out Brock. Thank you for saying that. Um, Buffing abroad, baby. He uh, he said he ran that back like four or five times on his way home, and uh, so that meant a lot. Uh, yeah, it just meant a lot. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, uh, next week I'll be twenty nine. So. Uh, this is the last. This is the last episode of my. Wow. Of my. Uh, of being twenty-eight. You've only podcasted as a twenty-eight-year-old. Dang. We're I'm coming close. up on the one-year anniversary. I September twenty-eight. Yeah. Is our one year. Dang, made me tear up. We are. This is the thirty-ninth episode. Uh, you know that we will have produced about. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, I keep our little podcast metrics spreadsheet where Mm -hmm. I just like to see how much content we've created and see the graph. And what I realized is just, you know, with all of my meditation and time allocation practices that I'm really trying to flex on right now and level up in life, you really back up what you say that you want, what you're working towards with your time. And what I realized is that our first full year of podcasting together, like when we get to that milestone based on just our current trajectory and even taking a week or two off, mm-hmm. um, we will have spent four complete days in the closet podcasting together Dang. that year. So it's like, what'd you do this year? Well, I spent four days <laughs> podcasting with my friend Brad. Yeah. That's insane. That's wild. But it, yeah. So just Dang. yeah, it's a weird thing to think about. Um, I encourage all of you to go back to episode one. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, just to like see. Number one, listen to episode ever. Yeah. Well, let's get this one. <laughs> They're all, that just means that this one will yeah, yeah. feel that Eventually. in six months. Like, yeah. you know, the, yeah, we st- these people I, listen I have, sequentially. Yeah. Dude, religiously. I, I have uh, students that are saying that they have started it and like they're in the teens right now. Like, uh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've I talked to Michael who listened to like 
15 episodes mm-hmm. in a you know two weeks and i was like that's disgusting yeah. <laughs> like how do you even so tired you talk to us right now yeah, i don't even want to hear me that's talk gross. that much bro <laughs> um, but yeah no we definitely appreciate so they the start back at one and then they tell you like oh i'm on 15 yeah. now interesting yeah i'm like yeah uh somebody texted me a couple weeks ago and it was is before we even have a uh, our theme song i'm like oh dude you have no idea <laughs> You know, I was more insecure about you going back and listening to those uh, back when there was just one or two inflection points. But now that there's just been steady progression, like every mm-hmm. five or ten episodes, something's new. We're trying something yeah. different. You've layered on a new creative element, artistic element, whatever the case may be. So I'm kind of more OK with it now because mm-hmm. I'm. it's like, well, you'll figure it out or you'll either hate it or love yeah. it. And I think that we've really just I, I'm appreciative for this kind of rabid fan base that we have like it's not huge no um but it's, it, it's engaged like people listen to like i look at the platforms like they listen to the whole episode yeah you know like they run the song back they listen to it twice like hey. that's so cool that um i love that i'm not fearful of tucking something in right at the two hour mark and mm-hmm. thinking that most people will miss it because, Oh, they got the notification. They listen to the yeah. first five minutes. These guys suck. Like I'm going <laughs> to turn it off. Like yeah. it's awesome that we can highlight some of the best parts of these episodes have or been the song the, at the end yeah, or, the, or just the conversation that we have at the very end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you guys for sticking with us, man. Yeah. We I, appreciate I feel like y'all. we say that every few episodes, but that's just because, uh, this is, I mean, I know this is something you love doing. It's something that I love doing and something that we look forward to every week. So, and for people to resonate with that and, and love to hear our takes on things, but then also provide their perspectives. Um, that is awesome. Call humble Brad and tell him catch up with me. That's right, baby. Uh, so are we on for next week? Uh, yeah. July 8th. July 8th. So you turn a year older yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Monday. We'll have your party a week from this weekend. Correct. Um, what are you doing for the fourth? I don't know. Me either. Cool. Hey, Tots, if you have killer <laughs> plans, if yeah. you have a pool that is not governed by an HOA or an apartment complex, yeah. invite us over. Yeah, you want me to wrap at your party? <laughs> <laughs> Special guest appearance. Yeah, I, yeah, let's. You need to book us. We <laughs> need to make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> you can just text me, and yeah. I'll come to your it's pool. Like, yeah, are we coming over as friends, or uh, <laughs> are we is paid this a business? Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll we'll report back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. We'll catch y'all up. Bye-bye.